0: Good morning, good afternoon and good evening in fact wherever or whenever you're listening to this episode of the NI Golf Channel podcast myself and herself Emma Self, we're back for another update and this is going to be a bit of a big one so we'll reflect on Tom McKibben's incredible win on the European Tour, Emma Yep,
1: Uh, we will indeed which is the biggest thing that we would like to be talking about, but we will also be following up on the Somewhat astonishing news that peace appears to be breaking out in men's pro golf. And we've got our amateur roundup.
0: Yeah, excellent. So, before all that, a whistle stop tour of some other golf related news. And believe me, there actually is other golf related news. So, the <laughs> organisers of the NI Open uh, presented by Modest Golf. Have announced that the Country Garage and Bellamina BMW is the tournament's new sponsor. Uh, the event takes place in Galgorm, uh, June the twentieth to the twenty second.
1: Fantastic, and uh, more interesting news that is not the other thing. Um, three-time major champion, Podrick Harrington, is returning to the K Club to play in the Horizon Irish Open, which is September 7th to the 10th. The 51-year-old set to make his 28th consecutive appearance, which is pretty impressive and dedication for you, uh, in the Ireland, Ireland's National Open, which he, of course, won at Adair Manor in 2007. He'll join four-time major champion, Rory McIlroy, 2019 Open Championship winner, Shane Laurie, six-time DP World Tour champion, Terrell Hatton, and two-time PGA Tour winner, Seamus Parr, amongst others in the field, when the Horizon Irish Open returns to the K-Club for the first time since 2016.
0: Yep, and just a quick comment on Rose Zhang. how was yep. saying this? Rose Zhang, is that how we're saying it?
1: Yeah, that's yeah. how we're saying it.
0: 20-year-old American became the first player to win on the LPT, LPGA Tour in their first professional debut since somebody called Beverly Hanson back in the 1950s. Uh, Rose won the Mizuho Americas Open. Um, she spent a record 141 weeks at the top of the women's amateur rankings, which surpassed the best which of 1-3-5, which had been set by Ireland's Leona Maguire. What a player to come out and do that first time up.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We've seen flashes of her in the Anwa and various other bits and pieces and her her just whole approach to the game, her poise, her class, her flipping skill. I mean, 20 years old. She's she's a wise and talented head on very young shoulders and, and a joy, a joy to watch, I have to say. What, what I saw, I absolutely loved, very exciting player. Now, La Hinch's Anya Donegan will make her debut amongst the pros in a major at Pebble Beach after qualifying for the U.S. Women's Open from Peninsula Golf Club. 145 1, 36-hole total was good enough to qualify in second spot and secure a dream pro debut event is a college golfer of course at louisiana state university well stuff. done to her mm-hmm. fantastic achievement
0: uh, and sticking with the us open thing and
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: so we're recording this sort of 8th of june uh, the next men's us open is uh, next week so along mm-hmm. with rory porridge shane and seamus our amateur friend matthew mclean will be in action at la country club Matthew Fitzpatrick Mm. returns to defend the crown. He won in fine style last year. Who couldn't forget the nine iron out of the bunker? Unbelievable.
1: (laughs) And Billy crying his eyes out.
0: So So the question is, who are we going to jinx this time?
1: Well, I mean, if we're jinxing people, I would love to jinx Mr. Mickelson to make sure he doesn't get his grand slam. However, I would like to win. Um... Mr Hovland I think he is trending as they say and amongst the young people these days but he's been so close at the first two majors of the year and just there was a little bit something missing and the way that he played at Memorial and and won that and won it in a playoff it felt like that little little tiny something he'd been missing now obviously Memorial's not a major I know but it's a pretty big event it's the biggest one of his career and he's been at there thereabouts and I think he's just in the zone now so I'm going with Victor so sorry Victor in advance.
0: (laughs) Very good no I like that that's a good pick I'm gonna stick with my old friend Xander Schouffle who is bound to turn things around one of these days Olympic champion (laughs) knows how to do when he gets a chance just needs his putter to hot up a bit, so I'm going for Xander, you're going for Europe, I'm going for the Yanks. We'll see who (laughs) does the business. Tom McKibben grabbed his first DP World Tour win in Germany at the European Open. Congratulations Tom, brilliant. He fired a final round seven now, like Green Eagle Golf Courses, which earned him a two-shot win and a cheque for some 300,000. And here's what he had to say.
2: Tom, you started the day with a six-way tie. You had multiple winners, you know, trying to catch up and also previous tournament champions as well. You had two German players trying to win on home soil. I mean, the list is endless. How would you start your day?
3: Um, pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, it was it was a good day. Um, I mean, a good group with with Jordan and David, so it was it was pretty nice. Um, but it's just nice to go out there and, and put a really really nice run together.
2: You've dreamt of this moment your whole life, and now it's become reality. You know, I guess you can learn from your failures, but equally your successes. And now you've come up on top. You know, what have you learned about yourself?
3: Um. I guess that I'm, I'm good enough to, to win. Um, I sort of always thought I was, but the, to prove it today was, was pretty special. Um, but I guess I've learned a lot from, from failures and missing cuts by a shot and, and just missing things very so slightly. So to sort of take all those things I've learned and, and put them into play today was, was really nice.
2: And let's talk about your second shot into 18. How does that rank? Is, you know, maybe all your shots in under pressure?
3: Yeah, probably one of the best. Um, it was sort of tricky and it wasn't, it was sort of, I was trying to hit it sort of just right edge of the green and if it turned over, I knew the water sort of wasn't in play because if, if I turned it over it would have went further. Um, so it looked really good on, on camera I'm sure, but it, it was um, sort of the easier shot than laying mm-hmm. up and hitting over the water I thought.
2: Your dad's been by your side the whole time, he was quite emotional right at the end, you know. He- has
3: it sunk in for you? Um, probably not yet. Probably won't sink in till, till tomorrow. Um, but to have my dad here and he comes most weeks is, is pretty special. The and win um, in front of him has been pretty amazing.
0: All right. So our mate Tom, who we questioned at some length last year. Um so fantastic. Who I remember us chatting about it afterwards and saying he just seems so content with himself in the sense that he knew why he was there and what he needed to be doing.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: He's now up to twenty third in the race to Dubai. He's hundred and sixty third in the world rankings, and he won that known as twenty sixth start. Um, <laughs> it's hard to, you know, we talked about Roser,
1: Tom's. Mm-hmm.
0: That's pretty spectacular <laughs> what young Tom's just done.
1: It it is remarkable, and going back and watching it again, um. I went back to, to clip up all his all his shots of the final round um for him and his mum, because his mum's Sky Plus wasn't working properly for the last round. So um and just going back and watching it even retrospectively, just the calm and the commentators were were noticing it the whole way through about you know the pace he was playing at, but everything, the whole pre-shot routines, everything was staying the same speed. It was, you know, it was like like he'd been doing it all all his life. I mean, he has been playing golf pretty much all his life, but he hasn't been leading a European a, tour champion. all performance. his life. It was a Absolutely.
0: veteran there performance. There you
1: go. There you go. That's it. That's it very succinctly put. what I just garbled. I'm still overexcited about the whole thing. Let's be honest. It was, it was just fantastic. It really was. It, um, it's, it's, what a hard. Performance.
0: it's hard to kind of um, put into words how you, how mature a performance it was! You really need to have seen it. He did have uh, one wee wee blip where he, he dropped a shot at when he pulled a a, a drive left on, on one of the holes in the back nine, but he simply just shook it off and got back on on track. And, and I know yeah. I hate saying you know uh, he's got a great caddy on the bag, but Dave McNeely's been around a long time.
1: He has he has several wins to his name and several big players, but even you know that that's another thing what a what a pairing let's not underestimate the pairing there because you know that the influence that he will have had on smoothing over that little little blip. And everything will have been huge and he was keeping him laughing the whole way around you know you could see he was smiling he was relaxing that is a that you know that's david that is your experience cali and he chooses players pretty carefully so if he comes and he's going to work with you then he's seen something because he's not just signing up with any uh, any tom dicker harry it's just tom mckibben I like Rob.
0: <laughs> he didn't just sign up for any Tom Dicker Harry. He just signed up for Tom. Love it. Um I think I think his um he's not due to play now for another few weeks, actually. I think he his next out is going to be another event in Germany. Um so mm-hmm. he's got a couple of weeks sort of to settle himself and, and, and look ahead yeah. to a really big summer now. So who knows? You know, who knows where he could end up? We don't want to heap any pressure on him. We've kind of gone out of our room yeah. not to heap any pressure on him and not to talk him up um but remarkable brilliant can't wait to see how he goes now for the rest of summer that's his like that's his tour card wrapped up he's going to likely oh, likelihood as just... he goes to dubai with all the big bucks later in the year you know decent it's finish fantastic. there he's up into the top you know top 75 in the world suddenly pga championships everything and and who knows next year what where the tour schedules could be he could be anywhere
1: Okay, well, we can't very well ignore it any longer. The elephant in the room, the landscape of professional men's golf has changed again with the shock announcement that the PGA Tour, DP World Tour and the Public Investment Fund, the PIF, has signed a deal to unify the game of golf in the men's professional game. And here is Rory McIlroy's reaction.
4: Yeah, so um, I got a text message on uh Monday night I guess um from Jimmy Dunn saying hey can I give you a call in the morning so I said sure uh Jimmy rang me at about 6.30 yesterday morning um we had a chat it took me through the news took me through the deal the structure of the deal um what it meant for us what it meant for the DP World Tour um so yeah I, I learned about it pretty much at the same time everyone else did um, and yeah, it was a, it was a surprise. Um, I knew there had been discussions going on, um, in the background. I knew that, uh, lines of communication had been opened up. Uh, I obviously didn't expect it to happen as, as quickly as it did. Um, but I really think that, you know, from what I gathered, the tour felt they were in a real position of strength coming off the back of the DP world, winning their legal case in, in London. Um, it sort of weakened um the other side's position and um you know they went in there and you know the way Jimmy described it, you know, Rory, sometimes you got too ity over water and you just gotta go for it. And you know that's that's uh, you know that's what that's what they did. And um you know I think ultimately when I try to remove myself from the situation and I look at the bigger picture and I look at ten years down the line, you know, I think ultimately this is going to be um it's going to be good for the, the the game of professional golf. I think it secures the, uh, it unifies it and it and it secures its its financial future. So, um, you know, there's there's mixed emotions in there as well, uh, as as there's going to be. I don't understand all the intricacies of what's going on. It's a very um, what's the word, uh, you know, there's a lot of ambiguity, there's a lot of things still to be um, sort of thrashed out, but um, at least it means that the litigation goes away, which has been a massive burden for everyone um, that's involved with the tour and that's playing the tour. Uh, and we can start to work toward, you know, some sort of way of, of unifying the game at the, at the elite level.
0: Okay, we'll talk about Rory now in a minute or two, but let's just try and keep some of this in control because both of us could go off on one here very quickly, which would be no good for anybody, particularly the listeners. So we do have a few questions to try and answer here. So what was your first reaction? Mine was obviously shock, disbelief, and actually as the last couple of days have gone on, kind of very. Pissed off for want of a better word.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, no, I'd be right, right along there with you. I think, I think in some ways, this some form of this arrangement probably was inevitable, but not now. Not not at this point, like several years down the line. This would all maybe have come to a head and whatever would have been would have been. But it's just unbelievable. So was the idea of this isn't a surprise. The timing of it is a huge shock, and I thought at first that I'd read it on one of those, you know, the, the piss taking like mm-hmm, PGH uh-huh. or memes things. I thought I, I thought I'd read it wrong, and then it suddenly pinged everywhere on the breaking news. It's like, no, this is this has actually happened. What mm-hmm. the hell is going on? Basically,
0: <laughs> exactly. I think that was most people's reaction, like, what the hell is going on? So, this next question is given your previous thoughts on. Um, Saudi money and your Mm -hmm. general uh dislike for the whole thing. Will you stop watching?
1: This is this is really this is what's this is why it's why it's made me so angry because before with live, like it was annoying because some of the concepts about live were good, like let's not do it down, like some of it was. You know, people were the players that went were having good crack, blah blah blah, and there were some things that did give PGA Tour a kick up the arse and made them reevaluate things. So there were some good things about Live. My my issue personally was always the source of the money, and and now we don't have a choice. Now we either watch golf, you know, watch the men's golf, or or we don't, and that's that feels pretty unfair. Um, it also gives you greater empathy, I think, with the um people like the Newcastle fans from when that takeover went through and people were criticizing them for still supporting the club. And it's like, well, how, how do you, I I don't know how you, <laughs> how you make that work. I don't know. Um, you know, Rory did say some very wise things as he always does about certain aspects of it. But, you know, I think depressingly, I think it's, isn't just golf. I mean, it's huge because it's all of men's golf now. Um, but you know, it was all of sport. You don't have to dig very far to see it. And basically, yeah. you know, you're either not going to be able to watch sport at all, or <laughs> if if yeah. if you do, you have a moral standing against. it. And I think that's a very unfair position for fans to be put in. But it's it's kind of the way it is. So it's awful because then essentially it's worked because that's the sports watching. That's you know, exactly. that's a that's the hot cycle. Never mind anything else. It's you know, fully fully done. So. I think that's one of the reasons that yeah, I am really disappointed and really angry about it because the whole idea that the rift in the professional game in men's era would be over should be a massively positive thing because it was very detrimental. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel positive. Nothing no. about it feels positive at the minute. That's, that's it it well feels said. like it's it feels worse, and that yeah. seems like maybe it's not the right thing then. <laughs>
0: no, no. Yeah, yeah. Your yeah. first instinct is actually. I feel worse about golf now than I was two years ago when Lib started. Uh, You've got to wonder, are we just feeling that way? Are other people feeling that way? And if other people are Mm -hmm. feeling that way, maybe they have alienated some of their base. So just talking about Rory then, my instinct was that Rory should have told them all to get stuffed. When they were putting him up for that presser yesterday, he's too honest. He's too trying to consider. He's trying to think big picture. He's trying to be an adult in the room. But Mm -hmm. there was every chance for him just to tell him, do you know what, lads? Get stuffed. And he's done so well not to say that. I I genuinely feel, and I'm not saying this because of Northern Ireland, and I genuinely feel for the fella. I feel that he's been very badly done by here. He's
1: been been hurled under a bus. I mean there's no there's no two ways about it like you know whatever monaghan and everybody else's hypocrisy he you know everybody's been analyzing him the way they always do and how detrimental to his his own well-being and his game and he's put you know his major preparation and all the things that are really really important to him he has put those on the back burner essentially whether it's deliberately or not because he's been standing up for things that he genuinely believes in and you know put himself out there to defend these people and i mean i can't imagine how he must have felt oh. and and that you know the the comments from other players on twitter the way they all found out some of them even finding out you know via twitter so where they'd even read an email because you know it was an email it yeah. wasn't a a big a announcement, or a player meeting, or anything like no, that. It's no pre-engagement,
0: no consultation. A done deal before five no. people in a room. Zero,
1: zero trust yeah. with I, anybody. It's just.
0: I cannot imagine Monaghan will be there much longer. Um, regardless yeah. of what's said, I can't imagine he he'd be able to stick it out, unless all these guys are going to get millions and millions, and they buy them off. That's the only option, to buy them off. Mm. And they might well do that. They might end up buying them off. And um, that in itself would leave me so depressed about the whole thing. Um, so I, I, I feel the question I have sat here is who are the big losers? And I'm going to be honest with you. I think the losers are some of the fans, the people who invested heavily in this, the people who Great. were annoyed by the whole split in the game who felt it wasn't good for the game, who were worried about golf in general. And yet the officiators, the administrators, don't seem to share that same feeling for golf as a whole. They're only thinking of golf as the pros, golf at the very elite level. And if that is the case, then maybe the rest of us just need to grow up and accept that golf is what it is, which is a business yeah. and money talks. And we're all very naive.
1: Did you know, I think I think that's the thing. I think it's, I think naivety is maybe the word, but maybe hopeful as well. And I think particularly golf being the sport it is, you know, it the sport of integrity that it is, I think that's why it hurts. I think it's because nothing about what's been going on feels in line, with the history or or the current way that, that the majority of people play the game and the way that it's enforced and the way that the rules work and the way it's self-policing and all, all those things that make it the great game that it is, it feels like all of this flies in the face of that. And that's why I think you're right. It's hard that people like, you know, the statements of support come flying out so quickly from the RNA and people like that because that does feel a little smack in the face of the rest of golf like this is the bit that matters and this is the bit that will decide how everything goes and you know what yeah it is it is the bit that's going to decide how everything else works and so be it you know we might come back to this in five years and say well look how amazing the world of golf is now look how much the game has grown look how appealing they've made it to the next generation but at the end of the day this is always going to be a difficult transition and yeah. it doesn't feel like the path is very clearly laid out for how you get between here to there. It's just a bit of a random statement and the actual implications or processes or anything else involved doesn't feel like it's really yeah. there. And whether that's because it's all still very secretive and that's all the master plan, but it just feels like it was a Do you know what lads, we're not getting much money out of Live the way we hoped we would. Let's bring out the bigger checkbook. Let's just buy them now and yeah and it just happened (laughs) and that's really yeah maybe we are naive but I think we're as as golf fans I maybe we are but I think we're entitled to be thoroughly disappointed and a bit angry about the whole thing and yeah maybe we we will get over it we we're realistically not going to stop watching and working around the game but um I think everybody's entitled to have high emotion about it if you care about golf at the moment back to amateur golf and the heart of the game that we love. So Alex McGuire beat the dogs Cailin Rafferty and Sam Murphy to retain the East of Ireland title at Sunny Beltra AGC. The Florida Atlantic University student is the first to go back to back at East since Raymond Burns back in 1993
0: yeah uh, max kennedy he's a real dublin player and jessica ross from clandy boy picked their spots in this year's isps hand world invitational with victory in their respective ulster Amber stroke play championships which funnily enough were played at clandy boys so i think ross i think jessica had a wee mm-hmm. bit of home advantage there and she made the most of it. she, she <laughs> fared three rounds 73 66 and 71 <laughs> to win the women's title by 10. Well, uh, yeah, while Max was forced to battle through, he had a six-hole playoff with Jimmy Booker. Six holes.
1: Whoo, eventually come
0: is... out on top in the main second.
1: Wow, there's two ways his, to do it. <laughs> yeah,
0: two totally different events, like 10 mm-hmm. shots and a six-hole Absolutely. playoff.
1: Ah <laughs> oh, dear, Scottish golfer Lorna McClymont went back-to-back in the Flowgas Irish Women's Amateur Open Championship. She was chased down by Kirkstone Castle's Beth Coulter, but McClymont finished on 16-under after three rounds at Woodbrook to beat Coulter by three shots.
0: Yeah, English golfer Tom Etheridge edged out Galway's Joe Lyons for the Irish senior men's amateur open championship at the Heritage. Uh, The playoff actually ended up in playoff as well. They had a second two-hole playoff uh, and Joe missed a four-foot putt, which allowed the Englishman from Sunningdale, no less, uh, Uh to hold from close range to seal a famous win.
1: And finally, in our AM section, Team Ireland's Special Olympics team will soon be jetting off to the World Games in Germany. There's nine golfers primed for action, and Paul caught up with head coach Michael Stanford, who's a PGA professional working at Kelly's Golf Centre, to see how their preparations have been going.
0: Michael, you're very welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm great, Paul. Thanks very much indeed for having me. Yeah, doing well. So, Michael, just briefly, you're off to Germany with the Special Olympics Ireland team. You've got a team yeah. of uh, nine golfers. And you've uh-huh. got your mindset on gold, how did you <laughs> get in- how did you get involved um I got involved
5: really uh, starting at kelly's there's a local club called the Newry all stars and um they, they did various sports like like horse riding um uh, uh basketball bowling and stuff and they just they just really wanted another activity to try and have a bit of fun with so uh, and that was three years ago. So sort of roll on to about, about six months ago now, we, we, they were all making such good progress. We thought, you know what, we're, we're, we're going to have a go and enter some of the, the golfers into the the qualifier for the World Games, which was held at St. Margaret's um, last September. And lo and behold, uh, three of our athletes got gold medals. Um And uh, it's just fantastic, you know, it, it, it way exceeded our expectations and uh, it was great. And th- then the Special Olympics Ireland actually contacted me then that they'd be interested in me uh, sort of heading the charge for the, the golf team to, that's going to Berlin now uh, as the head coach. So d- right. delighted to do it.
0: Yeah, Michael, had you much experience of working with people with learning disabilities or, or disabilities at all, really, in your career up to this stage?
5: Yes, I I have. It's uh, you, you know sort of sprinkled here and there. Uh, I mean, I've, I've worked with uh, various groups, even action mental health that met maybe autism, uh, I, I, with blind uh, golfers as well, and uh, even you, you know in wheelchairs and stuff like that. But as I say, it, it has been sprinkled through my, my career. Uh, you know, not a lot, but I've, I've had experience of of working with with various types of groups. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and. Uh, I, I absolutely love it. I have to say, it, it's fantastic. Uh, they're, they're so enthusiastic.
0: Yeah, it's a feedback you get, the the response you get from from uh, the process of, of coaching and engaging with them. Slightly different from what you're used to, I presume.
5: It is. It, it is indeed. Yeah. I mean, I, I um, another part of my role as well, being the pro here, Kellys. I also work for the PGA. As a tutor assessor so that involves sort of training the, 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 the pros you know through their the, the diploma program of the pga uh the degree program sorry of the pga to, to, uh, to train them as a coach and yes indeed you know you, you have to very much uh adapt your your coaching style uh to, to, to when uh when, depending on who you're coaching. You know, very technical stuff just doesn't doesn't work at all with uh, with, with, with this group. Uh, so I've, I've adapted it to, to suit them and, and what works best with them.
0: Yeah. So you're off to Berlin. I said you have a group of nine. I know they play at different sort of categories and different levels, but, you know, yeah. how, how many get-togethers have you got, Michael? How how, how seriously have you been taking it in terms of, of coaching and development and, and planning and plotting?
5: Well, the, uh, the 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 athletes that, that are all going there, that they've been encouraged to to get out with their own clubs, you know, which are from every corner of Ireland. You know, they're up from Cork, uh, and and then we have some Ulster ones and round Dublin and Midlands and also, so they're so everywhere. But I suppose it was because of the whole COVID situation, it was a wee bit quicker than than we usually would do it. So it, it sort of the training started off in December last year, and really there was one session. month it would have been a a, a, you know and and sometimes that that might have been a two-day session but certainly every single month we've had a a training session to to meet up and and to just check our progress
0: um absolutely absolutely brilliant good commitment from everybody then and getting getting to meet and getting to engage with each other and speak to the coaches and and try and take it forward brilliant isn't it
5: that's right yeah yeah And, and then we do have the big sort of residentials where we all stay down in Dublin, the hotel. So, so, so not only are they meeting the rest of the golfers, they're meeting the rest of the Team Ireland. They're going in, in various different sports, be it horse riding, swimming or whatever. And, Excellent. And we, we all sort of meet each other. So yeah, yeah, very social as well.
0: So you're all kitted up, you're ready to go. So when exactly are the golf events going to take place?
5: Uh, the golf events are, uh, we go on the, uh, on the, the. we fly out this Monday morning. We're meeting in Dublin Sunday, fly out Monday. We've got a week then of, um, I think we're going to be doing a lot of tours and meeting people mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. Then the golf events follow uh, that the the following Monday. So so it's going to be four days of golf, which which off the off the top of my head is the twentieth or something. I think the Monday is yeah um,
0: yeah yeah right
5: uh, yeah yeah yeah. So it's the 20th, 21st, fourth, twenty second, twenty third, and we're at a golf course called Bad Sorrow. Now Bad Sorrow doesn't sound very appealing. You think? Oh my goodness, Bad Sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but. but <laughs> It was nominated for a potential Ryder Cup venue, so, so it's obviously oh, a very fantastic. high, uh, high-level golf course uh, uh, with, with the unfortunate name of <laughs> Bad Sorrow.
0: Well, it would have all the facilities in place, and presume that's what it's all about.
5: They do indeed. They've actually two golf courses uh and a, a a big practice facility and all the rest of it. So absolutely everything for us, yeah. Yeah.
0: Excellent, Michael. Well, listen, brilliant. We're looking forward to that. Well, hopefully we'll we'll follow your, your progress and and hopefully uh see a few pictures of you with a few medals. And the best thing, of course, obviously with the Special Olympics is everybody enjoys it regardless.
5: Exactly, exactly, and they do every week here. Coming, they do, and you know, I mean, even my local club fault is uh, the newly All Stars. It started off as a wee summer activity in the sea. They would never miss, and I'm talking in the end of the months of December, January, February, when we're standing this driving range and it is freezing. They never miss. So, so it is such a commitment by all, by all of them, and it's the same with the Irish athletes that we're going with there. So yeah, no,
0: great, brilliant, Michael. Thank you very much.
5: Okay, thanks, Paul.
0: And I should say that Kelly's Golf Centre has got nothing to do with me. It's just, it's just,
1: a, <laughs> it's just a, a happy
0: coincidence. Just a happy coincidence. Well done to Michael. You can see he's really enjoying that. He was buzzing uh, to get a chance Aww. to go and, and go, go to Germany with the team and, and, and experience fantastic. all that. So fair play to him. So that's us. You see, you see the way Emma there, that we mm. kind of wrapped that up with do you know the way we talk about growing the game all the time? Yes. You see, so we we'll have all that crap at elite level, <laughs> men's amateur, men's golf, and mm-hmm. millions, and billions of money being thrown around. And there's a PGA pro working at a driving yep. range who's giving them the time up to help Special Olympians compete in the World Games. You see, where growing the game is—that's growing the game. Mm-hmm. That's that, what it's that's what it's about.
1: That actually just makes you a bit that generally makes you a bit emotional, maybe more so than it would normally, because you're yeah. absolutely right. But yeah. it's that. it's just there in plain sight. And it's yeah. just the
0: the, 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 the the gap between <laughs> um pro mens golf and the reality of what's happening on the ground could never be bigger and yet these are the stories, Michael, and the work that's going on. These are the podcast stories we want to be talking about, not that other crap. There you go, Emma. Yep. I'm drawing a line in the sand.
2: Alright, don't touch me. <laughs>
1: sea woo, shaking that ass, shaking that ass, shaking that. Sea woo, shaking that ass, shaking that ass,
2: shaking that. <laughs>